I don't have a question, but would like to share how God is working in my life for me right now. I pray, meditate, listen to sharings as they find me, depending on what awareness I am currently in. They support me to really hear the guidance and God's direction for me. I am in joy, peace, and loving. Get involved in very little, yet I am participating with life in a much bigger way than ever before. Cool. Life is very simple now, yet so full and rich. God is first in all my affairs, and when he is not, I am aware of this and take corrective actions, mainly LAF, and free, freely giving it all to God and inviting God into absolutely everything. I am really getting that God is everything, not just the good parts, meaning pain, free parts. Oh, meaning pain-free parts. He is with me, as me, and through me in all of it. I am living the best I am today in the now, allowing life to simply flow through me as an observer, not making anything wrong or right, and if I do, I take action once again. I am really getting the loving beingness that I am, and with that, it is not for me to stay stuck in fear at times, but trusting the process, the absolute faith that God is with me, even if I don't understand or see why certain things are unfolding as they are. I see my life with my body consciousness through a straw, very limited, but have a deep inner knowing God is doing everything around me in perfect timing, accuracy, bringing people and events into my life as I need for my fulfillment. That's beautiful. It goes on. Oh, okay. I was going to say, why don't we, I love the sharings like this, but why don't we save those maybe towards the end so we can get through the questions like that? Sure. In a way, I, I hate to cut it off because it's really awesome, um, but I know it's just really trying to balance everything out. Was it very much longer? Mm, not really. A little bit. Well, it's up to you. You know how many questions are on the list. so I'll just read it quickly because I know okay. they're yeah. in a time zone that they probably want to go to bed. Okay. okay. I no longer rely on people, places, or things to bring me whatever my mind believes I need. I trust and act with my spiritual principles to live in thy will no longer mine. It is an amazing journey and path. I can so understand now why it takes time to wake up to the truth, but so worth it. I live in so much gratitude and try not to resist anything and embrace the experience and discover in my experience who I am. Thank you for everything you do and have helped me over the years. You are my true spiritual teachers who also taught me to let go of you, my dependency on you, so I can move more fully into my true relationship with God. That was really hard and painful in the beginning. Ego kicked up, feeling abandoned, but of course, that is not the truth. It is part of my journey of, a, of waking up to the truth. You are still there when I hit a difficult spot. I always feel held and loved and guided, mainly getting direction on the inner. I feel so blessed to be where I am right now and look forward to the next part of this journey of illusion to discover the truth of who I am. I love you both so much and can't thank you enough for being such a huge part of my spiritual life 
which in return assists my physical life. Much loving, your truly seeking initiate. That's wonderful. Wow, that's Thank you so much. Really nice. That's a great statement of what this path is all about. We should start compiling a file of testimonials or something. Yeah, that's That's, <laughs> that's really awesome. Thank that's you. That's beautiful. <laughs> What's... Never mind. <laughs> this is having trouble accessing the class, so... All right. Come on. Next. Kitty cat just showed up. Hello. I have a meditation group that meets on Tuesdays via text. We used to meet in person once a week, but due to the coronavirus, we met we meet via text. So at our last meeting, all of the group had trouble focusing on the meditation. This is the first time then everybody that everybody has had trouble meditating. We meditate for an hour chanting the tone and then we meditate for 30 minutes for 30 minutes phrases that are usually from the island monthly focus or a Rumi or Hafiz quote. My comments, the comments were, I'm having a very hard time connecting with spirit while meditating. And the other day for only the second time in all these years, I fell asleep during meditation. My first meditation was a bee swarm. So much distraction in here. Meditation was a total bust for me today. I've definitely been nervous. So what advice do you have when meditations are not connecting? It seems harder to connect these days to spirit, to, to the experience of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for what you do for us. I love you very much. Um, I'm not totally clear, but it sounded like the meditation was hard because of the technology. And if that is the case, and I'm assuming it is by the way that was worded, that when we make meditation about the outer, and if you're doing it, trying to do it through the texting or through the computers and all that, and you're trying to really connect with other people, well, that that right there alone is going to get in the way. And because we got to remember that meditation is really just an action individually for ourselves with God. Even when we're doing it in a group setting, we're not we're not doing it for the group or even as a group. We may have collected together as a group, whether we're in the same room or whether we're spread out around the world, it's okay. What matters is that we're really focusing inwards and upwards on, you know, that action of loving with God. So that's really the key um, in all of this is to remember what the real focus is, and that is this is really about you and God, not about um, the group. And... You know, that's where it's even, I mean, I I understand some of it because I know even with us having to work with the camera and all the technology, you know, it, it takes a little while to get used to it. And I'm so used to, you know, see it looking at a group in the in the room, but now with only two people in the room with Jim and I and then the camera to start really like now looking directly in the camera, it's, you know, taking some time. So I still kind of look around just like we're in a group, but also focusing in the camera because when it's not a person or not something we're used to doing, a lot of it can just be adjusting to all that. So 
a lot of it is just letting go of whatever that is that distracted you. If it was the, the texting, the technology, if it was the focus on the group because you're having problems connecting with the group, so you let that get of the way inwardly of your meditation. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. That's where sometimes we really do have to just let go of, of whatever the physicality and the circumstances and literally truly let it go and just remember no matter what meditation really is about just our own individual journey back to god and that's not something we really can do with other people even though when we are together with other people we're still doing it individually and that's that's the focus we always want to remember the meditation we teach here is not about praying for others doing for others this is truly about just you and God, and that's it. And that's the main thing. Anything else that shows up, it's just day to day. This too shall pass. Literally, the next day is different. It's really that simple. It's not that simple if we make a big deal of it, but that's where we learn to really let go, and that's why we work with the LAF. So the other part of that is just really, you know, when any day you're challenged in meditation, no matter what the reason then take a little time and practice LAF and work on letting go of whatever it is that is distracting you from that true inner focus between you and God. That's good. I'm laughing because like eight of the questions were about Jim's mic. So <laughs> well, that's easy. we have less questions now, but still quite a few. <laughs> All right. How do so we what were the questions about his mic? Well, the brand, the type. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, just that I didn't turn it on. <laughs> How do we handle the deceit and lies of the world in a spiritual way? Ask, seek, knock, LAF. Is that the answer or other ways? Uh, go back and listen to my whole talk. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be funny or sarcastic, but I really mean it. That's literally what the whole talk was about. It's all of that. So even <laughs> what you just said, yes is the answer. Is it LAF, ASIC, knock? Yes, of course. And the key, the main key really is to chant the sacred name and focus on the inner light and sound. That's it, because it is through that that really the soul's loving and God's loving become one once again. That is the biggest part. If we do nothing else, it's the meditation action itself that is really the most important. So if you really give your devotion and time and focus into that and really do it, you're going to find that's going to handle most everything. Mm -hmm. I say most everything because in truth, we've got to give it the opportunity to but we often don't. That's why we have like the LAF and talk about letting go and other techniques. But the truth is you don't want a bunch of techniques. You don't. It just, it distracts you. It waters things down. You're better off with no more than three techniques. Better just to do the one called the meditation and to have one or two more in your back pocket for those times meditation's challenging that's really what we're trying to do and that's where the LAF you yeah. know really comes into play so so what is a true spiritual experience 
How do you know it is one and not an experience made up by the mind or emotions? Love and gratitude to all. Well, that's easy. <laughs> I always say it like this. When Just think of it like this. Physically, when we're here with each other, it's a physical experience. You know it's real because you're present, you're aware. When you have a spiritual experience, in other words, an experience on a different level of consciousness, not physical, it's the same thing. It's real because you're there, you're conscious, you're present. That's it. I don't care if you're in the body and your spiritual eye opens and you view it. If, you, that, if that's way, it's still real. You're present, you're there, you're conscious. If you go out of body, you're there, it's real, you're present, you're conscious. That's the main way. Now, the other way, well, it's like every time you imagine something, you think about something, well, that's your thinking, your imagining, or when you feel and emote a certain way, those are your feelings. Those are just as valid, but those aren't the spiritual experiences. That's our mind, emotions, imagination at work. But think about that. What do you experience when you're thinking? How do you experience when you're feeling? What do you experience when you're just visualizing, fantasizing, imagining things? Your answer's right there. That you've been doing your whole life, your mind, emotions, imagination, and body. So you know what that is. When you have an experience that's different than that, that's more than likely the spiritual experience. <laughs> I hope that, is that clear? Yeah. In describing all that? In other words, there's no room. There's not really, there's not an overlay. It, it's, it's a different experience, but the main thing is you're very conscious and you're aware you're in it. And just that alone will answer your question because when you have the experience, you know you're having it and it's real. If you're not having an experience, you're going to have the question because you don't know. And that's where we will then make things up mentally and through our emotions and through our fantasies. But you've been doing that all along. So if that's what you're still doing, just know that's what you're doing. But if you literally have an experience where you're not thinking, you're not emoting, you're not fantasizing something, but you literally you're in an experience that's just happening, that's more than just you, but there's other things involved that you have no control of. That's more of a, I'm not going to say just spiritual, because it could be metaphysical, but a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. You want to add anything? No, that's clear. Very clear. Hi, Jim and Brian. I'm an initiate since tw 2002 or so, and I'm currently experiencing an extreme absence of faith, trust, hope in this pathway, perhaps more largely in myself or in my perception. That's not to say I am harboring any anger or ill feelings towards anybody within ILM. I just feel very lost. Intentions to come back to my past best practices of meditation are met with internal thoughts of, why bother? This isn't getting me anywhere. Or perhaps more poignantly, this pathway has distracted me from some of my most motivated directions in life. I have come back to trying to meditate, but definitely feel like I am starting all over again in loving. When you have blocks like that, 
the key is is to look at all that is stopping you from doing the meditation and realize that it's the outer that's stopping you. It's the mind, it's the emotions, it's the doubt, it's the wonder, it's the fear, and it's all of the outer that is coming in and putting itself on you and in a sense blocking you from going inside. Going inside is very simple, very quiet. It, it doesn't have a lot of noise and big bangs to it like the world does. And oftentimes that's what we're expecting. If we can go in and realize that it's a place of quiet, of peace, of alignment, of oneness, and not of separation, not of challenges, not of getting answers to something, or having big bangs in, in, in meditation, then we can find out just what meditation really is all about. And so I would say, I understand the doubts and the concerns and the obstacles, but at the same time, that's what life offers us. And it will do all it can to put obstacles in our way if we allow it. And so I would say, look at it and realize that those are the things of the world trying to stop you on this pathway, or really on your pathway of awakening. And it's up to you to, in a sense, just meet it head on and do the meditation anyway until you get past it. Also, in the etheric realm, <clears throat> when we're moving up higher and higher and we get into that etheric realm, there's time in that meditation period in the etheric where we feel like nothing is happening. It is just dead. It's empty. It's void. And that's really what the, the etheric realm is. It's a void plane. There's nothing there. And so we go into experiencing nothing and we get disappointed. I've heard people who've been traveling through that void and in dealing with the karma's unconscious for a period of a year, year and a half, two years. And then all of a sudden they enter into the soul realm and they go, oh my God, thank God I stuck it out and, and got through that because now they really enter into a much deeper, more profound inner journey. So I would say keep sticking with it for a while, see what happens, and maybe experiment. Don't meditate and see how that feels. And then do meditate and see how that feels and what your experiences are in both directions. And maybe you'll find just why it is you do want to meditate or Find why you don't need to meditate or want to meditate. Yeah, because a lot of that, you know, like what I heard heard you say that it's holding you back from other, what was it, inspirations or things in life. Um, that says to me there's a conflict of whatever, to me, a false belief system. Because it's not about either or. Meditation is not... You do meditation and you don't do these things. Or you do those things and you don't meditate. This isn't an either-or path. This is about fulfilling yourself in all ways. So meditation, really the way it works, should be helping you to fulfill whatever those things are in your life. And if it's not doing that, that tells me you've got a belief system running in there that you're using against yourself. Like you're judging yourself like you shouldn't do those things. And doing meditation is more pure or spiritual or holy. And I know that's one people run that they'll place judgments in there. And it's that judgment itself that causes 
the distraction or the separation within ourselves. And it's usually not even really about, well, I can't do this if I'm going to meditate. That's, that's really a limitation that's self-created. So really, it's called look at whatever that is inside and realize whatever separation that you have running inside are the things you really want to work at healing. Just like the sharing I did today about asking, ask the right questions. Like, what are your real motivations? What are the inspirations? Because if you've been doing this since 2002 and you've hung in there this long, this obviously means something to you. I would say to revisit that original insp inspiration and motivation and why you even wanted to do this pathway. Because it's important for us to really claim that and acknowledge that. We need to do that for ourselves to realize the importance there. And when we see the importance, we'll see the value. If it's just not there, then to me that says that, one, there's still a limiting belief causing separation, or it's just time to do these other things and get them done in the world and fulfilled. Because sometimes we need to handle the karmas in the world and get those things done before we're really ready to really fulfill now the spiritual action of the, the journey. But to me, that's an either or. But sometimes that's what people need to do. But to answer that for yourself, because I, I won't just tell you to go do those other things and not worry <laughs> about the meditation, because maybe that's not going to serve you best. But if that's how you have it set in you, that you've got to do one or the other, I would really start asking yourself why it has to be one or the other. Why can't it be both? Why can't you work it in a way that you can get the full value out of all of it, whatever that is of why you're doing this pathway and whatever that is, those motivations or inspirations that you say you feel like is being held back or you're holding yourself back from. Why not go for all of it and see what really is important to you? Because um, it's got to be important to you. You've got to find the value in whatever it is you're seeking, whether it's this pathway and journey home to God or whether it's just something you're doing in the world. It's up to each of us to really discover an answer for ourselves. But we've got to really look and, at, and ask the right questions within ourselves to get that clear. Otherwise, if we're always torn and struggling inside, we could be fighting with that for years and years and take it to the grave, and then it's incomplete on both sides, the spiritual and the physical. Mm -hmm. So this journey is about fulfillment and completions. So do whatever you need to do to fulfill and complete whatever that is. Dear Jim, Brian, and Kelsey, I listened to the August 21, 2016 class on Friday. It was very powerful for me, and I started a process towards answering a question I have had for six years about a life lesson I am working through. I have struggled letting go of and making peace with the consequences from that lesson. I felt a shift after listening to the meditation and both your talks. I also did the two-and-a-half-hour meditation with Kelsey this morning. During the afternoon meditation, I saw a very clear, very small window with a gold border. Looking through the window, I saw objects that were red, yellow, and green with bright blue, possibly water, behind them. The window disappeared quickly. 
I'm wondering if this is the beginning of my awakening to see through a window to the other side on my path, as always in deep gratitude. Go ahead. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And Jim will say more. (laughs) No, it just, it's an awakening. You're awakening now into a new place inside of you. And looking through that window is like looking through the door. And so that that means that things are opening for you to go into higher uh, realms and greater experience. And I like hearing that the question's getting answered. I mean, that that's what this journey's supposed to do when we really do it. It starts to answer whatever that is we're seeking. And that answer is usually not just information. It can show up as information at times, but the answer is really usually more answering that is something in our longing because there's something we're trying to experience to fulfill part of ourselves and get that complete. That's the real answer. And with that experience of completion often can come an awareness of information or knowledge of you know, what it is that we're trying to get answered. And this is the way to do it. You literally do the spiritual journey and it does fulfill and answer things. But it's in doing it, not not as a not as a distraction or just a mental process of trying to get information. Getting information doesn't answer. It's just a mental game. So I'm glad to hear this yeah. because when you really do the path you're going to have some kind of experience or awareness that's real that'll really start to bring peace to those areas that we just are seeking to bring peace to. The peace that surpasses understanding, there's a, there's a reason for that saying because we've got to, the answer, the way I'm describing it, brings true understanding that comes from our experience and it's answering, fulfilling the longing we have. When that happens, then that part of us comes to peace. And that's the peace that surpasses the understanding of that which we were seeking to get answered. I hope that information helps. So, Why did God put us on this earth that Satan rules? <laughs> Thank you for your love and patience. <laughs> you had to put us somewhere, I guess. <laughs> because this is a part of God's creation and God wants to experience his creation in all ways in all places and so the souls are the way by which he goes through us goes through all of his creations and there's many of them not just this physical level and experiences his creation And so we are the instruments of that experience. That's why I keep saying we as a soul are here to have experiences and to learn and grow and find the truth for ourselves within ourselves through them. So um, we're here, and that's why the spiritual teachers are here, because he doesn't want us to be in separation forever. This is the only place in all of God's creation that a soul can experience separation. No place else but here. 
And so he has put the spiritual teachers here to show them that there is a pathway out of this world, out of this separation, and back into union once again. And it's all inside. It's all internal. And we're here to help people to understand that. And there are other teachers of sound and light in India and other places in the world that are doing the same thing in a different way, a different format possibly. But it's really the same because if you're really a spiritual teacher of sound and light, it is a pathway going home to God and going back home to where we as souls came from, which is the spiritual realm. I just got out of that. Satan rules. <laughs> I look at it as this. There's many different aspects to God. And this aspect called the tree of knowledge of good and evil of reflection is an aspect of God. And a part of God has been named or labeled as Lucifer. And it's an aspect of God that's part of God's creation. As Jim just said, I'm just basically repeating it. Mm -hmm. And that which is a soul is God's loving expression that God has sent into all the different aspects of itself to have experience to know thyself. God is literally getting to know God's self through us, the soul, in all of God's beingness that God has created. They're just different creations, and it is that relationship of the soul that is God's loving and beingness experiencing these other aspects of God's self. Think of it like this. If the soul is like a cell in the body, and the body represents God's creation. So the cell has to go through all out the body to experience all the different parts to know that aspect of this creation. Soul is the soul in the body of God. The soul's got to go through all the different aspects of the body of God to know what that is, to experience it. And it comes through experiencing it to come into the knowing. And so that's what we are doing as a soul is going through all the body of God, all the different aspects that God has created to experience, to get to know thyself. And that's really the journey that not just the soul is on, but that God is on in self-discovery. And, you know, in this creation, it's about polarity, right and wrong, left and right. It's just an aspect of God's creation that by being here and experiencing it, we're getting to really know this part of ourselves. It's funny because it's really that simple. It's here. We're experiencing it. Love it, hate it. That's part of the experience is loving it and hating it. And eventually, once we've experienced it, we'll move back into loving it all and reunite with the awareness of our oneness with God. It really doesn't matter how we feel about it, what we think about it, good or bad, judge it, don't judge it, doesn't matter. What matters is we just move into a place of loving and accepting whatever our experience is, no matter where or what we're experiencing 
in this creation or any other creation or aspect of God. Because ultimately, that's what we're going to find out and learn, literally just through our own process of experiencing and discovery of all that. So God placed us here so God could fulfill God's self. And Lucifer was considered the brightest of all angels. He was the closest to God and the, and the strongest and the most brilliant. And in his rebellion to try to take the place of God in, in the creation, he was sent into the void, which is the etheric realm, and there he was to create what he wanted, and he could be the Lord of that realm. And that's what he is. He's the Lord of this physical creation that was created out of the etheric or the nothingness. And so he rules here, and the souls that come here come to learn about that aspect of God as well as to learn about that part of themselves in the soul. And so he is really serving the soul and learning, you know, teaching us and helping us to learn our lessons that we need to learn here. And he doesn't let us leave until we're ready to go. But when he does have to let us go, he, we have the sound and light pathway that leads the way out. And that's the beauty of it all. And it may sound very unfair and cruel that God would put us into a place of separation, but it's just a part of the experience of the soul's journey. Okay. Hello, Jim and Brian. Thank you for all you do for us. I had an experience or dream a couple days ago and would like to hear any comments you might have about it. I became aware in the dream I was wanting to purchase some traffic cones for a sporting event. I took off on my bike to get them and had to decide whether to go to a big box store or to a small store where I had purchased them previously. The small store won out and I changed lanes so I could turn left and go down the hill to the store. I had my feet sticking out while going down the hill and was enjoying myself. As I got close to the store I slowed down and turned into the parking lot and found a space to the left of the door. I went inside and started looking for the traffic cones but couldn't find them. I decided to take my helmet off but it was tangled. As I untangled it I realized I was meditating in my chair not asleep in my bed. The salesman showed up and asked where the traffic and I asked where the traffic cones were. I tried to turn my head to look but it was stuck and wouldn't turn. With great effort like when I awake myself from a dream, I turn my head to look. I was quite surprised when I was still in the store in the dream or experience. This excited me so much, I woke up. Well, it's nice to be aware. That's called lucid dreaming. And it's very nice to be aware at that level, to really be conscious in uh, the dream and also be aware of where your body is at and it, to me that means that there's something very real for you in that experience in that dream for you to look at and to learn from and to pay attention to and the one thing that 
stuck out to me more than anything is was a lot of turning left, 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 left. And so to me, it's telling you that there are some things going on in your physical life that you want to pay attention to and get, get these lessons learned, get these things aligned so that you can move on to what's next. And going for the cones and not being able to really see them even though they were there at first, to me means that the answers, the solutions to a lot of the things in your life are right there for you to see and to pick up, but you're not looking at them and giving them attention. And so they seem invisible or not there. And so start paying more attention to see just what is being said, what is the lessons. And I think that in that experience, there's even more that you can interpret and it would be good to look at and kind of start pulling it apart some. Do you have anything? Yeah, I was just going to say, because I, I don't have the clarity what that would represent, but I was going to say the same thing, that some of the symbology there, like what do the cones represent to you, why were you going to go and purchase those, and all that. There's There's meaning in there, and looking at that, I think will really give you more of an idea of what it is that you're trying to understand within yourself. And at the moment, I don't have any clarity of what that is, no, just other either. than to do what you just said, to look at, and in a sense, kind of do like a dream analysis. I mean, I don't want it to get really mental, but if you can stay open and just ask yourself those questions of what does that mean to you and what is this about, um, hopefully you already have the inner awareness. Well, you do. I won't say hopefully. The inner awareness is already <laughs> in you. It's just in asking the questions opens the door like the sharing today for that to come forward. So I would just take a little bit of time and ask those questions so that that inner knowing can come forward so that you can really handle that um, and get that completed for yourself. That's yeah. where it's really nice. Dreams can be very uh, revelatory to yeah. really assist and guide us on our lives. And that's a really good example. And I think that it may be not clear as yet as to what the whole dream is saying, but I think that in the search to find out what it really means is the lesson. Mm. And it's really now begin to look at things in a different way and realize you've been given a level of awareness, a level of insight, but now you want to take it deeper, pick out the symbols, pick out this and that. You know, why the big box store? Why the little box store? Why did you choose the little box store? I mean, there's there's a whole other storyline to be written uh, as you begin to pick it apart and go, well, this is, this is my attitude about this, or this is my want and how things should be, or just whatever it might be. And if you have, if you take some time between classes, and you do that, I'd be more than happy if you write us in the next class a month from now and, you know, share if you have any more questions or hopefully by then you'll have um, gained some great understanding and clarity in what we're talking about with that right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Dear Jim and Brian, wow, thank you for this wonderful weekend. It has been profound and a gift. This morning as Jim and Brian were getting ready to take us into meditation, I had a vision of them as two pilots of a plane preparing for takeoff. 
In my meditation, I also saw someone in a pilot's uniform and found myself floating among, among blue and pink clouds of light. Mm. During the sharing, I found that I was able to stay completely at the level of soul with this feeling above my eyebrows through the whole sharing and feel it now as well. Yesterday, I had some shaking during Jim's sharing. Today, there was more shaking when Brian started talking about the lie. The challenge of this retreat weekend might also be the gift of it, that I am not at a retreat center, but in the middle of my life. As I have been living life outside of the events of the retreat, I have been aware of asking myself to love myself and my soul and to catch myself at the moments I come out of that loving. I know in general over the years I have been moving more and more loving than fear from the responses and appreciation I receive. My question is how to take that further and live in even more loving of myself and soul every day when I'm outside of meditation and LAF. It is easy to be in the energy of loving during these processes, but how do I stay awake? Thank you so much to you both and to Kelsey for the hard work of facilitating the weekend. Much loving. Well, you're the one who's given all kinds of talks on becoming a living prayer and a living meditation. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah. Well, you want me to say something more? Yeah. Okay. The energy's with you. All right. I'm just tired. i got to admit, <laughs> I'm actually really tired today. So, sorry. I'm trying to let my tiredness put it off on Jim to answer. <laughs> um I'm just trying to see if there's something different to say. I mean, we've talked about this many times over the years. For me, the main way I guess I would say I do exactly what you're asking is to take that experience like you just described. I mean, that's it. When you, in meditation or even when you're listening to us talk, when you're aware of that presence mm -hmm. and being up here, what you just said, that you know you were really being present in soul, that's the key. That awareness is what it's about. And you can access that just by looking up in your inner awareness. Just look up. Boom, right there. If you need to chant the sacred name to help you now open up to that, you chant it. If all you do is look up and it's there, you're there. But it is that focusing through the light and the sound, through looking, through chanting, through listening, through watching. It's that light and sound. So all we have to do is look up and focus here for that. Just like we do in meditation, and like you said, it's easy to do, like when you're listening to talks like we're doing. Yes, but then you want to take that and let that be your example now to carry throughout the day. So as you do the day, just keep looking up. If you need to, take a few minutes and chant. Just play a talk if you need to. Do your meditation. I like calling it many retreats you know, throughout the day, take a five minute break and go meditate. And you can do that several times a day. I used to, um, like when I used to work in a corporate setting and my one hour lunch break, I used to take the first half an hour, go eat lunch. And then the next half an hour I went and meditated, whether it's sitting in my car or somewhere else, I could find a space to do that. 
So is this really not only taking the time, but even when you're busy doing stuff, just to always look up and bring your attention here to the seat of the soul and allow yourself to open up and become aware of the soul. And there's no limitations or restrictions on when or where of doing that. You've got the how, you know the how, and you have the awareness now in practicing the how of knowing when you're in that. So now you just do that throughout the day as much as you can. That's all I've ever done. And the more you practice it, one, the easier it gets. And then the more you practice it, two, you're going to have more of the experience of that throughout the day. And then the more you live in that throughout the day, you'll begin to see that even your expression, your communications, your actions will be more loving and expressive of that awareness of being in that. When you drop down from that, you'll start to actually notice that your thoughts, your feelings, your communications, your physical actions will be more expressive now of your belief systems and your feelings. So the more you can keep lifting yourself up here, you're going to notice a difference in even your behaviors of how you share, what you do. And that's always the key. It's just literally like the sharing I was talking about today about we're just simply educated or trained into the world. What we're doing here in ILM is re-educating and training ourselves into spirit. Now, the world would call that brainwashing. And you guys have heard me over the years make the jokes, yeah, we are brainwashing. We're brainwashing away all the garbage and junk we've learned so that we can now be clear and live in spirit. And so that's what we're doing. But we're not just brainwashing. Once you clear something out, you've got to replace it. So what we're doing in ILM and meditation is clearing out or letting go of all the education of the world and replacing it now with loving, with God's loving, with the soul's loving. So all we're doing, we're exchanging one for the other. But really what we're doing is just living more and more into the soul of who we are. Meditation is when we give it our undivided attention, but that's just during meditation. The rest of the day, you want to give it as much focus as you can, even if your focus is divided. You still keep some focus into that and just do it as much as you can. That's true. Jim, Brian, and Kelsey, first of all, thank you. Thank you for saying yes to the movement of spirit that leads you to assist us in this way. Today's meditation and sharing have been very powerful for me. When the quarantine began, I used it as a time to retreat more into meditation and other spiritual practices. Part of me was glad to have fewer interactions with people because my attachments to people and my expectations for what will come out of those interactions has been one of my greatest sources of pain throughout life. When I recently had more opportunities to interact with people, I first found myself trying to protect myself so that I wouldn't feel the pain of interactions. I realized I was putting on inner riot gear like a police facing protesters and I didn't want to be that way. I knew that by trying to protect I was blocking my connection with God. I knew I wanted to love God freely and fully even more fully than I've ever experienced before. 
During one of my meditations a couple weeks ago, I saw a young girl running with her arms outstretched to embrace the sky, so open in her loving, and I knew that was who I truly am. So I started loving, accepting, and forgiving the painful experiences that were coming up, feelings of rejection, manipulation, your basic victim nightmare. Old situations that I had to look at again to see what I was still carrying, asking new questions to perhaps take a deeper take me deeper. Brian's sharing today has given me more even more to look at as I see that I carry a belief that this was better to be a victim than to lash out at, at the person who was bullying and becoming another bully. I didn't have the confidence to speak up for myself in the way I wanted to. Walking into these scenarios is still painful for me. Is this because of the attachment to beliefs, fantasies, emotions, etc. that I still carry around them? Yes. Continue on, but yes is the answer to that question. I am more willing to walk through them now in vulnerability to God's loving because of the freedom I experience once I have done so. But I'm hoping that with more focus on the truth of who I am, the pain will diminish. Mm -hmm. It will. Yeah. I find I still want to avoid pain. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> this the is the way out of pain, by the way, what we are doing. So, But you don't get out of it by avoiding it. You've got to literally do all that we teach here in order to rise above it. That's the way out of it. Sorry, go ahead, continue. But In this morning's meditation, I again saw the young girl running. Only this time she was running on, the t on a mountain top into a pure white sky. As she ran, she was tearing off her clothes and also strips strips of her skin. There was no pain in the experience, only a sense of greater freedom. Do you have some guidance on these inner experiences? With heartfelt thanks to you as well to the entire community who holds a mirror up to what I need to look at within myself. Well, I would say one, that, that experience, that dream, <coughs> is showing you who you are and where you're headed. And that is into greater and greater freedom, going higher and higher up. And so, it's, it, to me, it was saying, do what you're doing. Continue doing what you're doing because it's working. <clears throat> and that part of you is getting freer and freer. And you're headed towards the mountaintop, and that's the, that's a goal, and that's the direction. And it's just done day by day, step by step, to, to get there and you're walking it with awareness, and you're taking action the best you can, and that's the, the gift of it all, is to do that, to, to do it intentionally, to do it with awareness, and to keep experimenting until you find that which really does do the, the final work for you. I don't really have much to add because you know, whatever whatever you are doing it is working and yeah. that's the key and it's called just continue on with that don't you know if it's working don't change it yeah <laughs> you only change something when it's not working if it's working you keep doing it because i mean literally you're describing the results of it and you're also acknowledging where 
you realize you have work to do when you feel like avoiding certain things, you know that's the thing you've got to handle. And that's all we can say. No. I mean, that's all we can, really. The rest is up to each of us individually to now do what we know we need to do to get free of that. And you gave a great example on your sharing. But your inner experience is showing the work you are doing. You are moving into freedom. And to keep going higher and higher, you already described where you know to do a little more. And that's it. That's all you got to do is just keep taking the next step, literally. It, to me, it's the best to hear, you know, a couple sharings now. But, you know, this one in particular, too, I will just say it's nice to hear a sharing, you know, you are actually doing it. And it's demonstrated just by what you're sharing itself. Howdy. Howdy. I want to start saying I love you, Brian. I love you, Jim. I love you, Kelsey. Another trinity was my awareness. Jim, my remembrance of yesterday was you were talking about the spark merging with the soul in the spiritual marriage. I heard it differently yesterday than I had before, or I got confused as to what I thought. I thought the spark was part of my soul. Can you share about the spark, soul, and spiritual marriage? The spark is a part of, of your soul. And that divine spark that we are in the world is a soul. It is a soul that is also in the soul realm. The divine spark is a part of that soul. And it is here to have experience and to fulfill the soul's process of experience. And we are here now to merge that spark back into the soul itself. Just like I said, it's like the rib being taken out of Adam and Eve was created. Well, in a sense, this is the bride, this is Eve, this rib that is now in, in your consciousness as soul. That's who you are. And what you want to do is, as the bride, marry the groom, which is the soul in, in the soul realm, and merge together back as one. I hope that's clear. It is to me. Okay. That's it exactly. So it goes on. Uh -huh. Today you were talking about meeting all those parts and learning to LEF. When I started getting to know my basic self, inner child, I used to see them as me at different ages from infant to about six or seven. One time I even saw them as boys. I assured my masculine side, oh, I assumed my masculine side or past lives. Question mark. Lately, a lot has been processing out. I've been, say, I've been seeing them as black objects. I don't remember what was coming up on one side of my body, but I said, I love you, you are free. I saw, I saw these blackbirds flying up and off my left side. Another night I was working with so much self-hatred surfacing. It felt like I was trying to break out of me. I said, I love you. I forgive you to God. Thousands of black, more like bats, but a little more blob shapes flew up from my shoulders and out the top of my head. 
They looked similar to all the black bats flying out from under the bridge in Austin, but even more. I could still see them flying off later in the day when I looked up. This morning as I woke, I could see this black figure running back and forth around my bed. It was scared and trying to hide. I just laid and watched it for a while with my eyes closed. It stopped on the right side of me in a big in a ball by the wall. Inside, I got up and with my loving just knelt by it. I didn't know if it would run if it if I touched it. Telling it how much I loved it and I was here to take care of it now. It leaned into me. I sat down and took it in my arms. It stretched out across my lap. It was older, maybe seven in size. I just kept sharing my loving. I had a lot of white light and it just folded and dissolved into me, into the white light. Why do they not look like me anymore? or have human animal shapes that I fully recognize here in the physical. Any other info would be appreciated. Thank you so much for all you do inwardly and out here. Things like that can take any shape, any form <clears throat> that, it, that it wants or needs to. And they're more reflective in those shapes of who they really are, what they really are. <clears throat> and so to me it's saying that it's a substance rather than a beingness. It's a substance of, of identity uh, that isn't real. But we have given it substance and we've given it reality. <clears throat> and at first you were identifying it as parts of yourself as these children. But later it took on other parts, or identity rather, and that was showing you that it's not really at that level of beingness that it has identity and form and purpose other than for you to learn the lessons that they represent. <clears throat> to me, a bird is something that's ready to fly off or going to fly. And so it's telling me that it's starting to get the freedom now, where before it was bound to the earth as a child. Now it's a bird that can fly and it's starting to, to move and get freedom and to move off. <clears throat> and so that's a sign of you releasing and letting go of them one by one, if not a whole lot at once. And then this other part of you is that part that really is, I think, the core of whatever that hatred or judgments of yourself that you have. I think that's the core and it needed you to really take it in and loving and, and appreciate it and love it and let it dissolve and into the loving. And so that's very profound. Very nice. Wow. And that's a big one, just to be able to love those shadow parts of ourselves, yeah. the shadow side, because our, our soul is caught up in that. And to really restore that, we have to love that. And it'll literally look like loving the darkness or loving the negativity, the fear, the pain, any of it. But that's literally what we have to do. And it's like the five-step forgiveness process when we say, I forgive you, God bless you, I love you. I take you into my heart. Well, that just described that I take you into my heart. It is done. Yeah. And so. And that was a big step of getting down there with it and loving it and taking it in. That's 
that's a demonstration now you're living more the the action of spirit the action of loving and not living in the fear fear of it or having it put fear in you that's very good that's, that's very good those are the really the profound actions that take place on this pathway that's the real healing that takes place and getting liberated from our karmas so the soul can really in fulfilling that can really begin the greater journey home into the spiritual realms so that's really awesome to hear mm -hmm. I have recently been awakening in the morning with the blue light visible to me often this happens more often than when I meditate does that mean that I am traveling to other realms in the sleep state I would say yes on that, but I would say it's even more about that you're waking up now into those spaces of your own divinity and being aware of it, and that you're waking up into it to take it into the day, which is excellent. In the Christian tradition, Satan is the tempter and is supposedly tempting souls on an individual basis. In the concept of Cal, does he or she tempt us and attempt to draw us off the path? Or is this our own nature that does this and Cal just holds this realm in, the, in its place? Well, <clears throat> I've often said you know, Satan and Kal are one and the same. It's the same energy, the same consciousness. <clears throat> and Kal is allowed to tease us, tempt us, and try to draw us back down into the world and get focused into it once again. <clears throat> and it's up to us to just stay on purpose, on course as best we can, realizing that the temptations are going to come in. And he can do that until we finally leave. And we finally leave at the last breath as a liberated soul, and then he can't touch us. But until then, he can come around and, you know, point things out and tease us and try to get our attention to get caught back up in the world, if we will. So that's, that's, it's quite interesting how he works. But he's, he's really a good guy. <laughs> he's here to make sure we learn our lesson before we leave this creation. We have to learn whatever it is that God put us here to do. And once that's learned, he can't touch us. He has to let us go. Since this is an inner path, how do we balance the fact that we live in the world and have to deal with finances, work, relationships? Does the loving we experience in meditation just take care of this, or do we look to some of the other pathways that deal with the world? How do we strike this balance? Well, this is a pathway of the inner. We don't focus on how to balance a checkbook or how to get more money into your checkbook or anything like that. We are here mainly to just help you to liberate the soul. <laughs> if you need advice or assistance in other matters having to do with the world, then I would say go and, you know, study, learn, listen to what they have to say, <coughs> and use what seems to fit for you and works for you. 
they're there to, to serve a purpose as well as we are. And they're serving a purpose on how to make this world work. And so if you can find that in, in somebody and learn it and, and apply it, that's wonderful. Well, first of all, this isn't about balancing any of this with spirit. Everything we do is who we are as spirit. All we're doing, as Jim said in ILM, is just waking up to that. That doesn't have anything to do with all the stuff in the world. I mean, when I hear balance, I realize it's really more about people just saying, with all the time that I have in one day and over many days, how do I, you know, that's what it's really about. And that's just the physicality of it. Like we recommend 10% of the day to do the meditation. So leaves the 90% for what else, whatever else. And, but it's not about creating a balance. Spirit is about doing spirit. The world is about doing the world. There are certain things in this world that we need to handle and take responsibility for. And so that means we just handle it and take responsibility for it. And it's pretty much the same for all of us. It's just how we go about doing it may be a little different. Like you may go to this school and I may go to that school. I may take this job, you may take that job. You have that family, I have this family. Those are the only differences. They're still the same. We're, we're still all going to school. We're still all having different jobs. We still have families. So we're still doing all the same thing. It's not about balancing it, though. It's about fulfilling each and every part of it that you're doing. So for me, balance has never been like, okay, two hours a day this, two hours a day that, two hours a day this. It's always been more like, okay, I went to school for the first 18 or 20-something years of my life. Well, where was the balance in that? <laughs> and then I spent the next 18 and 20-something years working a job or this or that. So it balances itself out over time. It's called all you got to do is take care of what's present in the moment. So instead of balance, I would look at is just being more simple. That's why the phrases like being here, being now, living in the moment, that's why that's so important to do that. When you live in the moment, you really then live the simplicity of life in whatever you're doing in the moment. And then it's not about balance. It's about just being in the moment and fulfilling that moment. And that's all we really need to do. And the more we do that, life itself will automatically balance. When we focus on going home to God and waking up to the soul, that pulls us to a centered point where that balancing takes place automatically. So rather than balancing life, we're talking about coming center and going home to God. So all the things at the polar opposites and in the polarity, the other ends of the pendulum, the higher we go, it draws everything in to itself, into that center. And once we do that, the higher we go, well, what is that? That's getting the karmas done. Until all that's left is a straight and narrow, meaning there's no more karmas, and now the soul is just free to go. That's really what's happening. Not a balancing action, a clearing action. An action of fulfilling all the karmas that are at the base of that pyramid and the pendulum swinging back and forth until it's swung enough that we've gone through all those experiences and have cleared all the karma or learned all the lessons that was there for us to have, and then we can just lift right up out of it. So look at it that way. Rather than balancing, look at it as fulfilling life, 
We fulfill life by one, making God first, making God only, doing the meditation, living life from the spiritual base, and then bringing that into all we do, our family, our work, our friends, everything. And that, it, that is what will fulfill it. I don't, don't even look for balance. <laughs> I don't bother with that anymore. Just like I don't bother with boundaries. You set boundaries, people step over them. You go into reaction, you try to control your life, and you try to control everybody around you. What good's that do? Sets you up for more reactions and more problems. You just love, accept, forgive it all. Take care of yourself. Learn the lessons. Once you learn the lessons, remove yourself from those situations because you don't need those lessons anymore. If you need the lessons, they're going to follow you around. That's how you know the karma's not done. Once it stops following you around, when you try to avoid it, the karma's done. You'll learn things like that as you just do it. I could go on and on with all the little incidents and how that unfolds. Hopefully that's enough information right now, though. <laughs> right back next month, we'll see where we're at. <laughs> well, I was going to share at the end, but I think it just came present with your sharing right now mm -hmm. on topic. Um, Brian, what I heard, and I mean, I heard a lot in your meta in your sharing, but the thing that stuck out for me is everything here is a lie. And then, Jim, what stuck out for me in your sharing was um, the truth is within you and discover the truth within you. Right. And this morning in meditation, all of a sudden I heard inside the still small voice and it said, you don't, you don't need it on the outer because you have it on the inner. Right. Mm -hmm. So I came out of meditation and then was sort of, because I, you know, do what I do here. I had no time to journal. So when Brian was guiding the meditation, I took that time to, or Jim, you, sorry, you, you guided the meditation. I took that time to just ask God to reveal what's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and what I got inside and it kind of goes along with what you're just sharing about balance what I got inside was I don't need the love and the acceptance and the acknowledgement the relationship out here that God was saying you have my love on the inner you have my acknowledgement on the inner you have my acceptance acceptance on the inner you have my relationship on the inner. And in that moment, when I heard that inside, I just, I felt more fulfilled than I've ever felt mm. in my entire life. It felt like in that moment, I was complete and fulfilled. And that's the truth. That's where it's found, and that's where we get the fulfillment is inside. It's not out here. This will never fulfill anything, but it's done inside. And, and the meditation is the key to it all. So that's wonderful. That's a very good example. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I've been working towards that in my entire life. And working towards that consciously since I've been on this path with the sacred name. And I know there's more to come, but it definitely mm -hmm. felt like, okay, now I can really start living this pathway. Very good. That's so true. That's it. So That's thank good. Thank you both for holding yeah. for me. And we're holding for all the disciples. We hold for everybody. And it's just a matter of doing the inner work to have it unfold for them. It'll be different, but it'll be the same. My mom asked me, so do you feel better? Do you feel more peaceful? <laughs> I said, actually, I just feel fulfilled. Mm. Yeah, you guys talk about this path pathway is about fulfillment right. and fulfilling the soul. And I feel like I finally had an experience. I've had an experience of loving and peace and acceptance and forgiveness and abundance and enthusiasm and you know all <laughs> those aspects of God that you share about. But I had never felt enough. I've never experienced a fulfillment like I did today. Excellent. So I feel full and fulfilled. Thank you. Yeah. Is your smile just saying, mm -hmm. thank you? <laughs> okay. Hello, beloved Brian and Jim. Love being a part of all this. Thank you all for making it available in this way. I had an inner experience today in meditation, and your sharing added to it. I have an understanding that we as souls agree to have certain experiences in life and in the world with, our, with other souls in order to learn and fulfill our journeys. Today in meditation, I saw how this unfolds with every experience, with every soul, all of the time, everywhere. Even in what seems like incidental interactions, negative or positive, as we may see it. And there are overlapping simultaneous agreements among all the souls to interact, learn, grow, and fulfill their journeys at various levels through experiences, like one big interconnected inner education system. <laughs> A big interconnected inner upper web to serve us all as souls towards our fulfillment and connect us all as children of God through our awakening. Is this accurate? So this world, so this would mean that even the people that are saying or doing things perceived as mean, hurtful, or abusive have agreed to do so on a soul level for us all to learn from, to grow from, to practice loving, acceptance, and forgiveness, and fulfill this level of creation. Is this a level of oneness where we as souls all come from? Doing this all individually, yet together, like a beautiful dance, in the process of completion of the lessons and liberation from the creation, 
to all eventually return home to the heart of God as the divine children we are. This seems to me to be a part of how we are all drops in the river and the ocean is in every drop. How we are all individual sparks in the fire and the fire is in each spark. This now makes every interaction a more powerful one to be in loving to be living the loving intentionally regardless of how it feels or looks in order to be consciously participating in the fulfillment for my soul and is part of the whole of God. Any time I am in loving with any part of it, I am in loving with all of it. I want to hear anything you have to share on this in the fullness of loving and appreciation. Well, ultimately, the fulfillment is inside. The true fulfillment, the f complete fulfillment is inside of us. And that's why we meditate, is in order to create the space and the opportunity for that fulfillment to come forward. And it also, in meditation, makes us more aware of both the inner and the outer, and to learn from both. There's learning to do in the inner process, and there's learning to do with the outer. And all this that you're talking about with other people and, and exchange of energies and all is a part of the outer. But the inner fulfillment is where it really is complete. Because we have to take all that in and do something with it to find our greater expression, which is the loving, the forgiveness, acceptance, or whatever it might be. And that's where the fulfillment is. And that's where it's ultimately found, is inside. And that'll play out in the world like you described, where you see the interconnectedness and everything's working together because in truth, we're all one. We never really left the realms of spirit. We all, this, even this illusion here hmm. is a spiritual creation. It's, even though we experience separation and it appears separate, it's still part of the oneness with God. So everything's always connected in oneness. In this level, it's just going to play out what in a ways we call karmically. So what you witness and what you shared is very accurate, and you're seeing that the karmas play out the way it'll play out in the world so that we do learn the lessons through our experience of being here. And then what Jim just described is the way we really fulfill and complete the karmic lessons where we're interconnected on this level and literally lift out of it so we're really back in that greater oneness and unison without the karmic play um, and the experience of separation. Because it's just a reflection down here. And that's where it's kind of crazy-making in some ways, but as we wake up, we, we'll have experiences like what you're describing. I, I like to say it this way. Part of the journey to spiritual awakening is also waking up to what the illusion is. <laughs> so as you rise up higher and higher, you get to see more of how this dynamic works here. And in the scene of that, there is a learning that takes place. And the learning is a part of now fulfilling the lessons and greater freedom so you can continue going higher until eventually you just rise up out of it. And that's really what I hear being shared here in that way. 
and it's all done inwardly, like Jim was saying. Even though you will see things out here, because that's part of the experience of being in the outer realms, the way out of the realms, though, is going into the inner kingdom to rise up. The real climbing the inner mountain, in the outer you'll see it as climbing a mountain, but really to get to the top you've got to go inside and you'll rise up to the top. It's just how it's actually done inside and how we witness it outside is just part of that dynamic of um, the unfolding of it all. It's quite an amazing process though because mm -hmm. in a way you could almost describe to me, almost sounded like they were describing the matrix in some ways, yeah. or the the playing out of all that interconnectedness. Again, to me, that's part of just the reflection here, though, of you know what's above. It's cool stuff. <laughs> it's wild. Oh my God! When I had all these experiences, I was just always in awe and amazed. But then you keep going higher and higher, and and it just keeps getting better. During meditation for a quick moment, I was in Jesus' lap. He was rubbing my head. First time I've seen this. It was nice. Explanation? I'd say <laughs> just to enjoy what you had. That's wonderful. And if anything, it's just showing you that, that the, the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit is there with you as a comforter. And that's the comforting spirit that is present, and it took on the form of Jesus, so you could relate to it in that way. But that's great. Hi, Jim and Brian and Kelsey. I am watching today on YouTube, and it's it's mind blowing how far all this has come. I am truly loving this experience. But now on to my question. Over the last year, I have noticed that all my dreams have to do with water. The dream starts off either traveling or having some other experience, but water always becomes part of the dream. I am either on water, in water, or around water. At first, I didn't pay much attention as I have always loved all aspects of water, but it seems to really be a major theme of the dream. Would appreciate if you could explain this meaning if there is one. Love you guys. Well, water is a symbol of this lower creation. And it's often called the lake of reflection. And it's, it's really a body of water, if you will, at this level. And sometimes you'll have dreams where you're in a lake or you're in a body of water and you find out that you can breathe underwater. <clears throat> and it's just showing you that you are an element in the, in the world of the physical and living within it. And now what we want to do is rise up and be free of the water and be in that which is above the water, which is the, the spiritual worlds. Do you have anything? Yeah, the only other thing, I was just going to say the same thing Jim did about the Lake of Reflection, and it would really be looking at each 
experience individually to see what the the learning or the teaching is there because you know it's all elements of the world and you know eventually we we rise above the water but in that there's learning through each of those experiences so unless there's really any specific question you know about any particular experience um, this is just more of a general statement and I was just going to literally say the same thing you just did so and water can also be a symbol of emotions so it may be that it's showing her to look and see what emotions is she carrying with her in this dream and this experience in the dream and what can she learn from those emotions mm -hmm. I mean there's a lot of different symbols of water And if that is the case, then it just says that a lot of your karmas this lifetime are dealing with the emotions. But again, unless there's really more context, um, these are just generalities that we're sharing, mm -hmm. but they're they're pretty common though, across the board, so. All the completions and greater knowing of self and God is amazing. Greater awareness, knowing, loving, Peace, joy, and enthusiasm. I am so grateful. It has been nonstop for over 30 years. Even speeding up the last five to eight years, I feel tired or physically exhausted most of the time. Nothing medically. Is anyone else feeling this way? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to say, are they writing about me right now? <laughs> I will... I will it just be okay will it just be like this until I leave the body Brian some point you talked about the last several years being harder than before can you share more <laughs> and I shared enough no. <laughs> <laughs> um You know, we, we started sharing again uh, that talk Jim did 20 years ago on the frequency of change for New Millennium. And he talked about the next 15 to 20 years um, that that first wave of that shift would really start taking place. And we're so we're in that 20th year. So to me, that is also sharing, I'm going to share on two levels here, more of a macrocosmic level as well as a microcosmic. We have our individual journey, but that individual journey is also part of a greater journey of like planetary, if you want to say that. So the planetary changes going on into this new age or higher frequency is moving to a higher mental frequency. That higher mental frequency is a higher frequency. But that's why we're seeing a lot more technology advances, um, more genius coming through, advances in physics and science and, and all around. I mean, that's even the Internet, the cloud, these are all reflections of literally like the matrix and in metaphysical higher levels. But it's all still part of the physical creation it's just the frequency is going into a higher mental frequency, which is why literally there's so much more information. It's even been called the information age. So a lot of that is on that global scale, and it's really more than that, but on that global scale, we're all as a community of humanity really going through those frequency changes. 
and because it is a big change that is going on on this second millennia here, that in that change, it's tiring because a lot of the karmas of the past that have accumulated for the last 2,000 years and more are being sped up to get worked off. So a lot of those karmas getting worked off now is why it's exhausting. So that's what's going on, on a, in a very brief summary on a global scale. And individually, we have our own part in it. We each have our own lessons, our own karmas, our own process with what's going on on that evolutionary level because those are our karmas we're moving through. So when I've been talking about it is more on the individual level because we want to approach this on the individual because the path to soul liberation is about us individually moving through our karmas to get liberated. What's going on on a planetary level is not about spiritual liberation. It's about evolution. But nonetheless, we're working through our karmas in the evolutionary process. But our, jo our job as an initiate is to get off that wheel of evolution so that we really transcend it. And that's why I love the frequency of change for a new millennium talk is Jim, the first two thirds of the talk, he addresses more of the evolutionary process and what's going on in this change of frequency through this new age. Um, but then he talks about the path of sun and light and the back end of that about liberation, like I'm trying to share now. So both on that global and individual level, that's just what's been going on, that increase in frequency um, a lot of the karma is coming faster, so we're all handling a lot more, and it gets tiring. But also in the process, we're working through the karmas, and those of us that are initiated on the path of liberation, we're really getting through the karmas to get liberated. Mm -hmm. And it is work. It gets tiring. You know, like, like today, I'm really tired, but oh my God, the, the tiredness is really coming from a fulfillment because a lot of the work that's been done and a lot of what's getting handled. So like my tiredness right now is a really peaceful, relaxed tired. It's really quite nice. Just like yesterday, you know, last couple of days was a full day. Yesterday was a lot of energy with the retreat, with the initiates, and today just continuing this. But it's one of those tireds that's really kind of nice. And that's what we're doing here is, yeah, it's work. It's tiring, working through the karmas and all these lessons that we're karmically all having to handle. Um, but it's a very fulfilling, good tired by handling them. So part of that is not to look at the tiredness or exhaustion as a negative or like something's wrong, but rather that a lot's been going on and that we're each individually just doing our part and getting it handled. And my God, by a lot of the sharings today, I'd have to say people are really handling and yeah. really getting a greater understanding. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of profound um, understanding and a lot of experience and sharings today, more than ever. It's, oh, quite, yeah. it's, actually, it's wonderfully amazing. Just I've got to acknowledge everybody. A lot of these sharings and questions you're sharing um, is quite wonderful because, I mean, after all these years to hear a lot of the experience, the awarenesses, the awakenings people are having is showing that it's paying off. So I hope that's clear, what I'm saying, and hopefully maybe gives a little more understanding between the difference of evolutionary and the path of liberation. But because we are here, 
we are having to work through all that with humanity at the same time. But don't make it about humanity. Make it about your own individual process. We just share the greater unfoldment of humanity to help maybe give some understanding, but also to help give some space so you give yourself a break. Because I know we'll be hard on ourselves. Like, why am I so tired? Why can't I do more? Blah, 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 blah. Well, just know we're a drop in the bucket with all these other you know, minnows swimming around and we only have so much space and it's a struggle sometimes just to keep our head above water <laughs> when everybody's trying to keep their head above water. But that's why it's easier sometimes just to let yourself sink and drown, you know, and then you get liberated from the body. <laughs> well, I joke around like that, but believe it or not, that's quite often the process because sometimes we struggle so much on the surface because we're caught up in all the illusion of things and what we're supposed to do in this world to be successful, live a motivational, inspirational life. I know I'm already making fun of that. I shouldn't be doing that because be. <laughs> part of that we do find some fulfillment, but sooner or later we realize it's also falls short. That eventually we've got to do, but not out of a, a belief system thinking if we succeed in that outer superficial level, we're going to find the real fulfillment that we're seeking. Yeah. That's the part I'm trying to address. So when I make the jokes, like sometimes you got to stop the struggle of trying to make it in the world and just let yourself sink and drown. Well, that's my way of saying letting go of that illusionary life so it dies off or drowns so that you can get free now to go do what you're really meant to do spiritually. And that is it. No more questions. Very good. Wow. Well, that was a lot of good, good questions. Every one of them pertinent and in, informative. So I'm, I'm glad we, we went through them all. That's great. Thank you. Do you want to read all those other questions now about Jim's microphone? We could answer <laughs> those. No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I deleted them anyway. They're gone. <laughs> Didn't want to hang on to those. <laughs> I mean, I got, there's a lot. A lot of people want to hear you, Jim. Well, <laughs> here I am. I'm talking. So from now on, we'll have the yeah. speaker on in the room. So we'll, we'll know right we'll, away. We'll know right away. <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> well, thank you all very much for all your questions and all your insights and sharings. This has been a wonderful day, very informative, very inspiring. And to me, it's very meaningful because you're, you're walking the path, you're living the truth, and you're getting your experience and understanding it and, and expanding it even more. And so it's, it's just a great joy for me to, to hear this and to know that this pathway is really working for many people. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ditto what he said. <laughs> <laughs>